0: Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. This is season three of the Healing Chronic Illness with Marley podcast. Hey, my peeps, this is Marley. Thank you for joining me today. Listen, November 2nd, I woke up with COVID. I actually probably started it the night before. I was getting on an airplane on November 2nd on a trip that I had planned a year for. And lo and behold, here we go, COVID hit me. And so it was pretty intense. I bumped my flight to the following week, which I had to bump again for several days later. So for flying on the second, I was able to leave on the 12th. So 10 days in, I was able to make my trip, which was really remarkable for somebody who spent 20 years in bed trying to function or on the couch. Um, post-COVID was able to make the trip, do a pretty intense physical and emotional exertion uh, activity over a week's time and got like five hours of sleep a night and was in 37 degree temperatures. So all of that was a lot of stress on my system. So knowing what I know about how much COVID affects the central nervous system, and how to support um, you know, myself through just vagus nerve training and the vagus nerve stimulation uh, microcurrent machine that I use. I took it with me, of course I trained on NeuroOptimal and just supported myself. And so was miserable to have COVID a second time. I actually felt worse than I did the first, but I took the protocol that I did the first time and I implemented it again and then added the vagal nerve training because I just really needed to support myself because I had a goal in mind and I wanted to achieve it and I did and now I'm back home well rested and was hit hit the ground running I was busy all day long in the clinic and lots of folks right now struggling I pretty much every client patient that came in today cried everybody I think with the holidays coming up and seeing family and the expectations and the extra energy and the extra having to do this, that and the other really is very, very, very taxing for people. So what I wanted to chime in on today was, let's talk a little bit more about how you can find your ventral vagal state. And the ventral vagal state is where you're engaged in life, okay? This is where we wanna be this is our happy place we're living in the moment we're grateful we're feeling well we're mindful okay so let's let's talk about how to get there and what to do when you're not in a ventral vagal state and you're operating or oscillating somewhere between a sympathetic response or that dorsal vagal state that's part of the polyvagal theory which we've touched on before so let's go a little bit deeper here Are you aware that there is a powerful tool at your disposal to help reduce anxiety, stress, and negative reactions to life's adversities? I'm reading from a blog post here from a trauma clinic. Finding the ventral vagal state will allow you to alter the state of your nervous system from one that is dysregulated and reactive to one that is calm and positive. Mmm, yes please. The vagus nerve is the longest cranial nerve within the body and carries messages quickly from the brain to the lungs, heart, intestines, as well as regulating facial muscles and skin sensations. In addition, the vagus nerve is a core component of our autonomic nervous system, which activates our survival responses when faced with threat or danger. So let's talk about the autonomic nervous system. This is what regulates involuntary physiological processes. These things include respiration, blood pressure, heart rate, digestion. The nervous system is comprised of two core parts. We have our sympathetic and our parasympathetic nervous system. The sympathetic is the one that stimulates the fight or flight response. And then think about it like a paralegal or a paraprofessional. They're the support system that comes in. So the parasympathetic is the one that's responsible for calming things down and getting you back into that rest and digest state that we want to be in. The fight or flight and rest and digest responses are shared by all mammals on the planet as they are survival responses that are crucial for our evolution and our survival. All mammals respond to danger with fight, flight, freeze depending on the threat that they're facing. These could be threats to our safety, perceived threats, or psychological fears. It is a threat. If it is a threat, you can defeat, you are likely to respond with fight. If you cannot beat it, you will likely run from it, which would be the next line of defense is flight. And if you can do neither, you may freeze. Upon stimulation of this survival response, which is the part of our autonomic nervous system, the sympathetic nervous system will release those catecholamine. Chemicals that are adrenaline and like, and noradrenaline, like epinephrine, norepinephrine, cortisol. Blood will be dumped towards the legs and major muscles to prepare you for fighting or fleeing. Your heart rate and breathing will increase. Your digestion function will relax. You might be so relaxed that that energy needs to go elsewhere and you might need to pee or poop your pants. That happens and animals do it too all of these senses become very heightened these physiological responses are very acute and involuntary however although often unpleasant they are crucial for our survival once a threat has passed a well regulated nervous system will activate the parasympathetic response which activates this rest and digest to your nervous system This is that state of homeostasis and safety that produces the calm and the steady breathing, respiration function, lowering the heart rate, releasing that stored energy from the muscles and the body. This process should happen 20 to 30 minutes after the danger has passed. However, if the parasympathetic nervous system is not effectively activated, the traumatic energy becomes stored in the body. How many people show of hands if you're listening? Raise your hand if that is you at any time in your life or even right now. So, there's many different things that we can do it. You can do somatic experiences, trauma release exercises, neurooptimal. I did a lot of neurooptimal training. You can do deep breathing. There's all kinds of great things that you can do. And I'm going to give you some really cool specifics here that I picked up from a trauma workshop that I recently went to. But let's talk a little bit more about what happens in the body here, okay? So the stored traumatic energy can cause significant mental and physical distress as it leads to an exaggerated stress response within the individual. As a result, reactions to threat are likely to become exaggerated with this nervous system becoming stimulated and um, that sympathetic response gets overstimulated okay and so the parasympathetic can further decrease functionality resulting in the individual becoming able to respond to triggers appropriately and remaining in a perpetual mode of fight or flight and unable to return to their natural harmonious state so you get on that hamster wheel you know you you kick into high gear you get high cortisol levels that don't know how to regulate and come down some people, their cortisol levels spike at night and they can't sleep and they're restless and anxiety and all of the you know, mind racing that happens. And so we wanna pull out of that and when our nervous system is in a healthy regulated state and our vagus nerve is activated and working well and well toned, we can have that and that calm down response. So 20 to 30 minutes later, you know animals do that. If you see a cheetah out in the Serengeti and it is chasing a kudu or an antelope, once the danger is over, that animal will literally vibrate and let that adrenaline and, and those catecholamines that are in the system slowly burn off, okay? And then you go back and then the animal goes back to grazing or sunning themselves or whatever it is they're wanting to do because they're now in a safe place. So. Polyvagal theory proposes that the vagus nerve is the key to our fight-flight-freeze response through its connection to the parasympathetic nervous system. The vagus nerve has two components that become activated during this response. There's two parts. You have the dorsal branch and you have the ventral branch. Okay. The dorsal branch of the vagus nerve stimulates our freeze response. This can cause tonic immobility, so Um, I guess it should be tonic as well how it's written here, but tonic I think about like how something is toned and It becomes like stuck. There's motor inhibition and a general slowing down of bodily functions Okay, that's when that part of the vagus nerve stimulates the dorsal branch Then you have the ventral branch and it activates the rest and digest response Which lowers stress and returns the body back to calm in the present moment the danger is over And you know, you're mindful, you're comfortable again. Okay. So our perception of and the reaction to the threat is determined by our past trauma, as you know, also what you've learned, your conditioning, like what are the wagon ruts of your brain? Like what are your habitual responses? What are your learned responses? How are you conditioned? How we react to stress and how we recover from difficulties. These are the responses are often involuntary and very subconscious. However, the polyvagal theory proposes that discovering the ventral vagal state through the ventral branch can foster calm, a sense of safety, and allow personal growth and freedom from triggers. This is so important, my friends. All of this stuff, like I said, it happens with all mammals. So if we are going to hijack our body systems or cause this mental self-sabotage of, what's wrong with me? Why can't I calm down? I'm not stressed. I had a client today that was having all kinds of symptoms, high anxiety, and she goes, I have no stress in my life right now. I have no reason to feel this way. And I just smiled at her, hooked her up to her neurooptimal neurofeedback training today. She did a lot better post-session, but we had a visit about it. And I said, listen, I see this with people with chronic PTSD and PTSD when the threat is over and when the body has enough energy and vitality in it to address those stuck traumatic experiences that we know are stored in the body it's not comfortable but it just means it's another way of you getting better of your healing healing isn't linear she's very frustrated she's like i was doing really good and then something set me off and i can't even tell you what it is but I'm having all of these anxiety symptoms and I'm upset and I'm angry with myself. That was a key thing that she told me today is that she was angry with herself. If you can give yourself grace and grit through this healing, through the layers of the onion that your body and your mind and the files in your memories want to peel back And you can just casually observe what your body is doing and be kind and gentle to yourself. I had to do that this last week. I was in the dark. I didn't know if a wild animal was going to attack me. I was extremely tired. I earlier in the day had this major pulse of adrenaline and cortisol hit my body. And um, heart rate was up. Breathing was shallow. All of it. And then the threat was over but and I regulated, but there was still stuff in my body. And I think that's what happened is that evening, it decided to continue to burn off. So what happened is that it activated these emotions in me of I'm not safe, I'm scared right now. And legitimately there was a circumstance because I was in the dark and I was outside and I was out in the woods, something could have come after me. I could have turned my ankle. All of these things started to go through my mind, and since I've got rods pinning my ankle together through a pretty traumatic injury, excuse me, um, that's still a a sensitive, very sensory perception thing for me. So my brain went there, and I went into that, kind of the the, uh, dorsal vagal sympathetic response that I didn't need to be in, and it was really uncomfortable, and it took me a few hours to get out of it. How did I get out of it? I called a friend, I talked to my husband, I did some neuro training, and then I just asked myself questions. What, when I was young, did I do when I was scared? How did I help myself? What did I tell myself? What kind of pep talk did I have? I had none, zero tools. I tried to avoid feelings of anxiety and discomfort and beat myself up when I had them because it wasn't circumstantial so it didn't make sense. So what do you think? You think you're going crazy? No, it's your nervous system. It's trying to regulate and so if the threat is over but suddenly you're having a panic attack later just let it burn itself off and do the breathing. Be self-aware and observe your symptoms but don't Try to suppress them. Don't try to run from them. Just observe them and just be like, oh, so if you've had a panic attack and you know what's happening, the worst panic attacks are the ones that, like your first one, if you've never had one before, you might think you're having a heart attack and go to the ER and be told, no, it's a panic attack. They're the most miserable experience that I think you can have. And then they can also trigger a a level of depression too. But let's get off that, okay? I'm starting to feel a little down. Let's go back to Dr. Porges and what he talks about when you're able to find the ventral vagus state, okay? So Dr. Porges, the author of The Polyvagal Theory, get the book if you don't have it. You need to have it on your desk reference. He proposes that we... That when we feel safe within our experience, we are operating from within our social engagement system. Our social engagement system allows us to feel connected to ourselves, others in the world around us. It is activated from being in our ventral vagal state and stimulates physical and psychological responses. The physical ones include reduced heart rate, steadier breathing, relaxed digestion, and a reduction in stress hormones. The next is psychological. This is a sense of feeling safe. You're empathetic, you're compassionate, you're joyful. You have a mindfulness in the here and now and you feel connection. To find the ventral vagal state is essential to explore these areas that are key for our personal growth. So triggers, what are your triggers? Explore and understand what your individual triggers are immerse yourself in positive conditions become aware of your perception of a threat and how it is played out in the body and develop positive coping mechanisms through body awareness therapy like i said be a casual observer of what's going on in your body and Just see that your symptoms are just symptoms feel the feelings so they no longer serve you. Okay Social conditions seek out and foster relationships. So when I had my episode I called my husband I called my best friend talked it out started to self-reflect. I didn't journal I didn't have an ability to journal I just was at somebody else's house and I was just completely upside down and out of sorts and so I just took account for it. And then when it got to be where it was like, like, I don't really want to psychoanalyze myself so much. I just flipped the script a little bit and I just started to think about all the good things that happened that day. What was I grateful for and pushed all that negativity aside. So these body awareness techniques that you can have to lower your stress response is becoming more embodied that, you know, the uh, bottom up top down that you can have through somatic experiencing. Um, you can have an individual can respond proactively to physiological changes by learning how to navigate through that fight, flight, freeze response by somatic experiencing and can help people find their way into a safe ventral bagel state. Living in this fight or flight response takes its toll on the body and mind due to its acute physical and psychological stress that it creates. So, Don't get so worked up over your symptoms that you literally course more cortisol through your body, okay? Just squash the ants, those another negative thoughts, toss out the its, whatever the its, the triggers are, and just see them for what they are. Know that they affect you and as you brain train and you come out of those states where you feel calm and you feel safe, you will master it, okay? Find those things. Find those techniques and use them, implement them. Finding the ventral vagal state assists us in navigating our daily challenges and it constructs positive relationships and guides us into living an embodied, grounded state. So here's some tips. Guys, are you ready? When you're in an engaged ventral vagal state, do this. This helps me, I love it. Just simply say three gratitude statements. So this week is Thanksgiving in the United States, actually two days from now, or tomorrow, sorry. And say something like, and you might do this as a um, family tradition, but why not do it every day? Find three things I feel thankful for. I feel thankful for my pillow top mattress and my satin sheets and my comfortable bed. I feel thankful for, the fall colors that are beautiful and just the fresh air that we're in and the just you know whatever it is in nature I feel thankful for um something that you like about yourself I feel thankful for this trait that I have I feel thankful that I am good at connecting with people that God bless me with the gift of being able to network and make friends and um, be connected and be personable with people whatever it is find three things that you can be grateful or thankful for another thing to do to stay and get into this engaged ventral vagal state is to mindfully focus on something for one minute you set your alarm on your phone and you can mindfully focus on like a flower and if you see a pink petal on a flower look at the outline of it look at the vein within it look at the different um, saturation of color within that flower or in that individual petal and just like stop and smell the roses a little bit how does it feel how um, soft is it is it a curved edge of a petal does it have a little point does it have a silky texture? Does it have a fuzzy texture? Is it, um, you know, does it have a particular fragrance? And some flowers are edible. And so if you want to nibble on it, then do that too. <laughs> Just enjoy and be mindful of it. Use your senses to enjoy the creation okay another way to be engaged sit back and smile put one hand on your heart and one hand on your belly then mindfully breathe deeply in and out of your nose and um, name something good about right now all right we're going to move on to the others. sympathetic this is when you're ready to just uh, fight or flight ready So imagine that you're breathing in a cool color through your nose. I'm gonna think of a nice royal blue. And breathing out a hot color through your mouth. Like a red or a magenta or a hot pink. Breathing in that blue cool color. And breathing out that hot color. And one really great trick to really calm yourself down quickly is two quick inhales. And then an exhale. Or of course, you can breathe in for four seconds and then breathe out for eight. Breathe deep by imagining smelling a flower for four seconds, holding your breath for seven to eight seconds, and then blowing out a candle for that eight seconds. So breathe in for four. Hold your breath for seven to eight if you can, and then breathe out by blowing out a candle for eight seconds. I don't know about blowing out a candle because when I blow out a candle, I go, Phew! but this example says blow it out slowly. Maybe let that flame flicker a little bit for eight seconds. You can also, in the sympathetic, that fight or flight state, do the shake, shake, shake my body dance. Just bounce around. You can do traumatic release exercises, you can have a dance party, whatever it takes, but just get the heebie-jeebies out of your body, okay? Another thing to do when you're in that mobilized sympathetic state is imagine breathing into and out of the ground with a loud sigh on your exhale. Breathing into and out of the ground with a loud sigh on your exhale. It sounds crazy, right? Because you don't have your face on, on the ground, hopefully, anyway. But um, this is that technique and it's how, you know, you stay you, the, bo- the bottom up. So breathing into and out of the ground. <sighs> ah, sign on your exhale. Okay, dorsal vagal state. This is where we get kind of that freeze, fawn state where we become immobile. When you feel stuck, when you're not motivated, when you're down, when you feel like you need to be hiding in the corner of a fetal position, this is the moment when you go out and you take a walk. You get in nature, you get in sunshine, you breathe deep, you just go for a walk. And if you want to take your music player with you, whether it's on your phone or if you've got an iPad or whatever it is, Put on your favorite nostalgic playlist, whatever puts a little hitch in your giddy up and do that. Take a walk or just don't, don't take music. Don't take any type of technological distraction. Get out, walk, listen to the birds sing, listen to your breathing, listen to, and you might even be able to hear your heartbeat. And just thank your body. Thank it for operating. Thank it for doing what it does. Thank for your legs working. Thank you for your arms working. If you're not able to walk and you have to, push yourself in a wheelchair or have somebody push you just be thankful be out and and get active whatever that looks like if you can ride a bike ride a bike or do something else to get your body moving and if you struggle with moving your body because you have pain then turn up the corners of your mouth because when you smile it signals to your brain a safety mechanism and it is a mood enhancer and it is uplifting. Okay? Another thing that you can do when you're in that immobilized state with the dorsal vagal response is to breathe like a bunny with short bunny sniffs. And then for the inhale, followed by a long, loud exhale. Okay? I said the same thing with the sympathetic, with that two quick breaths in and a long breath out. But this works with this as well when you're in that kind of low, I don't want to do anything state. Breathe in and then long, loud exhale. Okay? Another thing that you can do with your dorsal vagal immobilized state and coming out of that is to just open up your arms, open up your heart center, lift your head and breathe deep. Get a little arch, like try to. Um, bring your shoulder blades together and roll your shoulders and open up your heart and just breathe deep just stick your chest out and open yourself up believe it or not it takes that little like hump back self-protective mechanism that we do because you know we want to protect our heart and our vital organs But when you're in that state, you need to do mindful, physical, physiological things that pull yourself out of it. So pull out your chest, roll your shoulders back, breathe deep, decide, I'm good, I'm strong, I'm confident, I'm healing, I'm getting well, okay? So open up your arms, lift your head and breathe deep. Then look around to find one thing from each color of The rainbow. This is awesome. Um, Color enhances our lives, people. Um, Find as many things that can do red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. And if you're colorblind, do the very best that you can with what you're working with here, okay? So um, yeah, get out and, and look at just the tapestry of colors and creation that you have and go find it. I think what you're going to notice is it not only uplifts your mood and pulls you out of that immobilized dorsal vagal response, it's going to allow you to almost be more creative and playful, like I've talked to you about in recent podcast episodes, is to just get connected with that inner child and that higher self because they need to know each other. They need to be connected. You need to be in a creative space again where you see things in more vivid color and that you're noticing things around you. You know, if we are not appreciative of the environment that we're in and the bodies that we're given, it can really work against us. So I think about like hanging wallpaper. Uh, One time my girlfriend, she's an interior decorator, she showed me this wallpaper and it was absolutely way outside what I would have chosen, but I trusted her and I loved her design elements in her own home. So I put it in the powder room bath of our bathroom in one of our homes. And you know, when you're using the bathroom, you have time to sit and look, but I enjoyed the wallpaper in there. It's crazy. But then what happens after a period of time is it just like things become, and it's an expression I use, it just becomes part of the wallpaper. Like, you don't notice it anymore. You don't notice the colors and the intricate details and the different shapes and designs of the print. So when you're in your own space, um, like you're out in your yard, you can enjoy your yard, but isn't it funny when you leave and you go on vacation and you're in a new place? Like, oh my gosh, it's so refreshing and it's so spectacular. Why do you think that is? Well, it's because you've hung up some fresh wallpaper. So. Get out in your environment, connect with nature, look at the different colors, smell the different smells, touch, use your senses and be embodied in yourself and that helps you connect and it helps you feel engaged and if you can do that with a friend, even more wonderful. So. Guys, I hope this was helpful for you today, Um, just so that you can look at what's going on. And if you are feeling symptomatic, be aware of like, you know, I don't want you to focus on your symptoms and what's wrong, because we want to move out of what's wrong into what's right, but just do a simple body scan and know that, you know, racing thoughts and maybe a stuffy nose and a dry mouth and a heart beat and just feeling tense this is that irritated clingy worried kind of state that we get into when we're um we're in that fight or flight response okay and we want to move out of it to where we're more focused and thoughtful and open and connected and peaceful and just be in a place of harmony you know me i love the word harmony my other favorite word in the english language is serenity and they're kind of similar you know it's like having that sense of serenity and living with that the best that we can. I know that a lot of us deal with anxiety and depression and chronic pain and chronic fatigue, but part of your brain training journey and part of your healing from chronic illness is to stop and smell the flowers, be aware of your symptoms, but don't fixate on them, okay? So your body is talking to you all the time, honor it. Feel those feelings till they no longer serve you and do these techniques that I've shared with you today to get you into an engaged state where your vagus nerve is doing its thing. And if you need any extra help with vagal nerve training, you can go to harmonyneurofeedback.com, go to resources and then scroll down to the vagal Um, stim unit that I have available. It will ship all over the world. It is not too expensive. You can get your own unit. It is called the Dolphin and it is a wonderful, wonderful thing. You can do it 15 minutes a day. It improves your sleep and it is something that Health Canada has approved as a modality to heal COVID long haul. So because I had COVID and because I have chronic Lyme disease, I want to be absolute sure that um, my vagus nerve is, you know, activated and working and nicely toned. So I use that microcurrent machine to give it a nice little gentle workout. And I used it a lot today with a lot of my clients. And it was such a pleasure to just make that available for people. So use the tools that you have. And if you can find things that are natural, that work along with the body to help support the body to calm and regulate your central nervous system and to make you more flexible and resilient to stress, do those things, okay? Until next time, my friend, God bless you and happy Thanksgiving from my home to you and your families around the world. God bless.